Hello friends, my name is Paige Harmon and this is my podcast, Inexperienced at Life. Alrighty, Miss Adele, introduce yourself and tell us a little about you. Thanks. Uh, my name is Adele Maureen Markham and I am... By profession, um, an education uh, genealogist. I have a degree in family history, and I worked in the family history uh, field for many years, both at Ancestry and Family Search, and also as a private researcher. And most recently, I've taken that love of family history and I've added it to another love that I've developed which is in health and wellness and I've merged the two and I now um, I do private research private genealogy research for clients but I also work with clients who have uh, a history of of mental illness of depression anxiety um, which is often inherited um, and work with them on how looking at their their family history seeing where that started from and and using that family history information and um, also looking at their health histories and creating a plan for how they can work through that, uh, those challenges together with me. So it's awesome. That it's is, really fun. I love it. That is awesome. And to be honest, um, I don't know anybody else who does what you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. And I'm like, yeah. I have to interview her and talk to her about it because I feel like, People need to know about mm -hmm. this, I feel like. And people need to know how cool family history and genealogy can be, especially now with technology yeah. making it so easy. And mm -hmm. I I love it. I love it. So what made you get interested in family history? Like, where did it all begin for you? Oh. Well, back in the day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, so it's interesting. It all actually started with my name. Um my first name is Adele, and my mother um, was raised by her great-aunt Adele, so that would make Adele my second great-aunt. And um, <clears throat> great-aunt Adele raised my mother, but she also had raised my grandmother, my mother's mother. And when my mom married my father and they found out they were expecting, they wanted to, they wanted to name their daughter after great-aunt Adele to honor her. And I, you know, I got, got this name. I didn't, we grew up, I grew up near Aunt Adele, but when I was two or something, she went to a nursing home. So I didn't really know her. And growing up in, in Wisconsin, but the, near my mom's family, all of my mom's family would say, oh my gosh, you, you remind me of Aunt Adele. And I'm this little kid going, what? <laughs> I don't even know this lady. And my parents would actually bribe me with candy to go visit Aunt Adele in the nursing home because I didn't really like it. She kind of scared me. She just, we'd go and she was sitting in her wheelchair and she was shaking. She had Parkinson's and she didn't really talk. She just drooled and it was kind of weird and scary. And so I thought I'm this, how I don't, I don't like drool that much. Like, how can I be like Aunt Adele? Like, <laughs> right. It just doesn't even make any sense to me. And then, you know, fast forward a little bit, we move out to Idaho and I'm a teenager and, you know, conflicted, all the angst of teenage, <laughs> teenage years, trying to figure out who you are and what, you know, all of that, all of that. And 
I, I just, I heard from somebody and I can't even remember who it is. I wish I could remember. I remember one of my, the adults in my life at that time told me that in order to understand who I really am, that I need to understand who my family is. And I was like, well, that's genius. Okay. Family history. So I decided as a 17 year old that I was going to learn about family history. And this was pre, that's like prehistoric, like pre internet. (laughs) (laughs) And so let me paint a picture. I was in like Farmingville, Idaho, like very tiny town. You've been there. (laughs) Yeah. Like nothing. (laughs) Um, So trying to do genealogy at this little family history center, was just a joke and I was frustrated but then I um, within a couple of months of that I started um, college at BYU in Provo Utah and I, I took a religion class that was the beginning family history class um, two credits which meant I should have done about you know six hours of work per week for that class classwork I found it so fascinating that I was doing like 20 hours a week I was obsessed wow and I was determined because I felt like finally I had these the tools, I had access to this you know family history library in Salt Lake, where I could actually get research done, and um, I just I was obsessed. And I remember that the night when I was at the family history library and I was cranking through a microfilm of the 1920 United States Census, and for the first time I saw my aunt Adele's name on the page, I, I paused and I just started to weep. Like that was such a profound moment for me. And, and nothing like nothing shifted exactly. Like I didn't know myself better, but all of a sudden there was something in this, like I was connected to this woman who was on this census record. And there was something about that just shifted things in me. And um, a couple of weeks later, I found out that family history was a major and I switched and I've never ever looked back. That's awesome. I love yeah. that. And that you know, it's so true because you mentioned um f- that person kind of igniting your little spark of like, well, if you want to know yeah. who you want to be, then you need to know your family. And I find that so true. And the more I like get older and start discovering more of myself, I'm like, man, a lot of this is like family oriented in myself and it's funny because I've even looked at pictures of my so my dad's mom and there was a couple of pictures while she was in the navy that I'm like oh my gosh is that a picture of me (laughs) just like her side profile and things like that and I'm like man I'm more like my family than I care to admit Uh (laughs) you know and so I'm like whoa what so I think that's amazing that's awesome and so you've never looked back ever since yeah and it's just taking you on this giant journey of yeah helping other people and helping the LDS church and working for the LDS church correct Mm -hmm. yeah yep yep I worked at family search worked at my office was in the Joseph Smith Memorial building overlooking at that time um, where I, my office was overlooking the Salt Lake Temple, which was a very gorgeous view. Very inspiring, I have to say. Oh, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's very neat. So would yeah. do you have, like, any work that you've done either, like, with the LDS Church or on your own that you've found, like, a really interesting case that, like, has stuck with you ever since? Oh, gosh. There, there are so many. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of one. I... 
there one that comes to mind that's not necessarily an interesting case per se, but I, I had this really cool experience when I was working for Family Search. One of my responsibilities at that time, I was responsible for coordinating the publication of records of genealogical value for certain countries uh, throughout the world, um, many in Europe, which is where my specialty is. My German is my specialty, um, one of my specialties, but my main one. But I also was responsible for publishing records in um, the Caribbean, including Haiti. And I had this experience um, helping some some people from Haiti do do some research. And it was really profound to me to just, we didn't have a huge collection at that time. And I didn't actually think we were going to find anything. <laughs> but <laughs> don't know that, but I was like, praying a lot I was like oh heavenly father please help me here because <laughs> I knew the collection was small and the likelihood of being able to find something um was very very nominal but we started researching on this in this collection and I I just happened to say well you know ask a question that normally I wouldn't ask and they gave me some information that I was able to add to our search um the search functionality and we found we found this woman's grandmother in these records and she like I, I've never had an experience like that before where it was just such a profound piece. Like we we the three of us, it was me and this woman and her husband and we were doing this research in my office and I just we all start three started crying and just stared at the screen. And that was that that has really stru- stuck out to me, um, and Haiti in general has was a place that where we saw a lot of miracles, um, and so I just <laughs> think about that. Um, God is really aware. God is so mindful of every people, every person, and um, He has a plan. He has a plan for everyone to make connections if they they want to with their ancestors he's going to provide he's going to open doors i saw him open doors that were shut like going back to haiti the this was many years ago the there hadn't been a a temple announced for haiti yet we had this small collection that i told you about online and then the thursday before general conference we received this letter from the government of haiti telling us that we needed to remove all of our records that we had published. And I forget like all the details of why, but we had to comply. So we took them all down within two days. So before general conference starts, there are no records for Haiti on family search that Saturday, <laughs> Saturday um, general conference, president Monson announced, announced a temple in Haiti. And I looked up to heaven and I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, what? What? <laughs> like, and I cried. And then like, I was texting with my colleagues, like, what is happening? Like, we just took these down. What is, uh, how, how is that going to work out? And through, we, we prayed and we fasted as a team and we did what we could do. And for months and months, nothing nothing was moving forward and it looked pretty hopeless for a while. In fact, things got worse with our relationship in Haiti. And then, um, about eight months later, I got this call from our negotiator. Um, and he said, are you sitting down? I was like, yeah, 
of course I'm sitting down. Like, what's going on? <laughs> and he said that a, a miracle had happened, that a door had opened in Haiti, and they were going to not only let us public, like republish what we had taken down eight months previously, but they were going to give us 5 million records and allow us to digitize everything. And, and they were going to change this law. Like it was a, this huge deal. And it was like a million times better than this tiny little collection would ever have been. And that to me increased my testimony of how mindful God is and how his way is really the best way. And, um, he opens doors so that we can connect to our family. That's amazing. I think, well, so I look at and hear about your career with working like worldwide. And I think I I always think like how much is taken for granted here in the United States on how much um, we have uh, privilege to with technology and information and being able yeah. to get that where you've worked with um different agencies and governments and things like that where you know it just kind of baffles my own mind of being like well why wouldn't they want to have access to this for people to learn more about themselves and have more of an accurate record but like every country is different and so that's amazing that you were able to see that and just be like tell people like no really you don't get it (laughs) (laughs) like this is so special so that's awesome Awesome. So you mentioned you went to Germany as Sprecher uh-huh. Deutsch. Yeah, jawohl. Oh, Sprecher Deutsch, nur Ambition. Yes, yeah, my German's really rusty. <laughs> Mine is too. I know how to say yeah. Willkommen and Danke uh-huh. and Sprecher Deutsch and Guten Tag and that's awesome. That's about it. <laughs> that's great. So it gets yeah. me somewhere. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yep. And I know Germany has a special place in your heart too, because you actually went there, right? I've yeah, I've been there many times for for business and also for personal research. Um, I I was able to um, I I went to Germany for a business trip to to go to archives, um, which sounds really exciting to most people. Like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I was in rest like dusty old buildings like (laughs) with stacks and stacks of books and and all those things that's what I did I would go talk to archivists and librarians and scope out collections and on one of those trips I um it took some extra time some personal time since I was in the area close by, I mean, close by, quote unquote, in Germany, but, um, and I was able to go to Finnen, which is spelled V-Y-N-E-N, Germany, um, in Northwest Germany, which is where my mom's um, great-great-grandfather, my third great-grandfather, lived before coming to America, and that's where, it was really, a really amazing experience to be able to um, walk. I, I wasn't able to get into the church where he was baptized, but I walked on, you know, walked around the church and they owned a farm that was, um, adjacent to the church. And I walked on their land and it sounds kind of woo woo, but there was really like a, a connection to me, um, a connection for me, just standing there and imagining that this was where my, my grandpa Ferdinand Bartels 
he worked and he went to this church. He probably walked this way. It, it was it was a very connective experience for me to be there. I don't think it's woo woo at all because I feel like it. <laughs> I feel like it's it's uh, there is a special connection because I'll mention this like what I. But, Earlier this year, my husband and I, we took a trip up to Cody, Wyoming, and part of that mm-hmm. trip, we had to go through where um, I lived for a long time as a little kid. And even mm-hmm. though it was like a terrible little hippy-dippy podunk town, <laughs> it was there's a connection there still, because mm-hmm. I'm like, this is where I went to school. This is where the school was. This is what we would do. And like, as a kid, I had free reign of this little neighborhood that we lived in. And so I... I would be, uh, like, I would be astonished if you didn't feel a connection. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I think it's funny because our grandfather went over to Germany, and then my mm-hmm. brother's in Germany, so... Yeah. <laughs> Germany has, yep. like, a special place in our hearts. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, and I, I don't know if you know this, but... So, um, full disclosure for any listeners, Paige and I are cousins. Yes, but... sorry. <laughs> They're probably like, what do you mean, grandfather? Like, grandfather. <laughs> We're just deciding. We're cousins. But our grandfather, he, as a, um, when I was little, um, he spoke more German than he does now. Um, and he he was actually teaching German in school, in, in the school district. And he would always sing the song Edelweiss to me. Because it, it's not quite my name. Um, but an Edelweiss is a flower of uh, the national flower of Austria. So it's not quite Germany, but there was this connection. And, um, he, he said he learned that song, learned how to play that song on the guitar when he was in Germany. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Uh, that's yeah. So cool. And I could probably spend hours with grandpa talking to him about mm-hmm. that. And I think he's very proud of my brother with not only being in the military, cause our grandpa was in the army, my brother's in the yep. army. And so I feel like he, like in his own way, <laughs> feels yeah. very proud and very like as a grandfather to be like, wow, you're kind of like taking the steps I did when I was a young yep. man. And yeah. So it's just kind of, it's cool to kind of see that, I guess. So it is. <laughs> and I think, I think that grandpa is really proud of your brother. He, the last time I called, he, grandpa wanted to, tell me about what Casey had sent to him. Oh, yes. This, the, it, we're just very proud. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes. He sent, um, for those of you, obviously, who don't know, he sent... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we're all, like, talking about it, and they're like, what did he send you? And so it was just this beautiful picture of just an art kind of memorabilia of a person like people in the army and it uh-huh. almost looks like an old poster of like old yeah not, not propaganda but like old um just artwork that they did back in the day kind of like during grandpa's time of like yeah join the army and be proud of your country and uh, i think it was it was in this beautiful frame and yep. my brother's like give it to grandpa i think he'll really like it which i'm like and he's us yeah, and I I feel like my brother, <laughs> he's kind of a stinker, and so if he's listening, <laughs> he probably won't agree. But he, um, uh, that's just very special of him to yeah. think of that and think of him, and like it's almost all full circle. It's just very yeah. 
interesting how life works out for families and stuff. It does. Yep. Very, very Full circle. Yes, it is. It's crazy. So with your family history, what have you learned the most about yourself through your career, through what you do now? Um, what have you like really taken away from just being so feeling so connected to those who have passed on? I think the biggest thing for me is actually um, personal uh, healing. That's that has been the biggest takeaway um, for me in all of family history and what I've seen working with clients and and, and other people that I've worked with. Um, there's something about knowing who you are that empowers you. It strengthens you. It helps you helps you feel confident in yourself and in moving forward. And, and if there were challenges in your family dysfunction, we PS, everyone has it. Some, some to greater degrees, you know, there are big T traumas and little T traumas and everyone's imperfect. And so, um, we all got stuff to work through, all got stuff to heal. Um, there's so much healing that comes from, knowing where not just where you came from but who you came from there's strength that can be um can be found from knowing who your ancestors are um a lot of in the field that i work in that we talk a lot about generational trauma and that's a real thing we inherit um you know generations passed uh and had a this traumatic experience and then that was passed down through your dna and there's a, a field of research called epi epigenetics that explains all of that and i'm not going to go into all the scientific stuff of how that works it just does so we inherit generational trauma we inherit beliefs um and things from our ancestors that's that's true yes but we also and this is what I think a lot of people don't focus on. They focus more on what's wrong um, and because it does need to be addressed. But I found that there's so much good that has been given to me. I have really amazing ancestors. Um, our grandma, um, my middle name is Maureen after her. And I think about her often. She's, it'll be six years tomorrow that she passed yes. on my birthday. Yes. <laughs> I know. Yes. I was thinking about that too. And I'm like, yeah. wow, it's been that long. I know. Crazy. It's crazy. But so, someone like our grandma who was imperfect. Yes. But also embodied so much of, of charity and of just goodness and kindness and compassion and, um, and other ancestors that I have on, on that side and also on my, my mom's side where, um, they, they endured things that I, that are unfathomable to me and they were resilient and I can look to them and their example. And I can know that those things are in me too, not just the trauma, but the resilience and the compassion and the goodness and the, um, the charity, all the things that I would want, all the strengths, that's available too. And I think a lot of people overlook that. Um, so that's something that I, I like to focus on a little bit more. But 
um, the healing happens whether we're addressing the trauma or or the uh, the strengths and the gifts that we have from our ancestors. I I like that a lot because it's it's true and uh, I would have to agree with you that a lot of times I think people use their family as an excuse for bad behavior sometimes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like oh it's you know it's just part of the family or not necessarily bad behavior but maybe not like good behavior that's passed down which mm-hmm. um you probably see that a lot with working with some of um the people you come in contact with with trying to help them improve like their own life but also understand um what they've been through or what their family Mm -hmm. has endured like you were saying and just understand that um you can still be yourself but also you don't need to be I don't know enveloped in maybe the past mistakes or trauma that has happened in the past um and just kind of be your own person but acknowledge what has happened and try to become your own, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I think, um, a a tendency that people have who, who look to family history as a way to heal, which is, that's kind of where I started. Like I, 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 I wanted to know about my aunt Adele because I didn't really feel connected, very connected to my family. And I, I, I wanted to know about myself, but I wanted to be connected. There's, we all have this innate need, this desire to, to belong. And I wanted to belong to, to a family. And, um, so that was another thing that I was reaching for. But with all of that, I, 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 I could look at, you know, the dysfunction. I could look at, you know, healing and pursuing that, but really what it comes down to is uh, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. Like we just, sometimes life just sucks and things happen and, and we embrace the suck. We feel the feels. And, and some of those things come because of a legacy burden. We have something we've inherited this tendency or this, you know, I work with clients who have anxiety and depression and, and many of them have had traumatic big T and little T experiences in their family and generations of that, which causes challenges in their lives. And they could blame, they could blame their parents or the, or their abuser, or they could blame their ancestors. And I've seen a lot of people do this, um, the, where they're blaming like, Oh, grandpa, it's your fault that I have this challenge. You suck. And my life sucks. And, you know, that's a place to start, but it's not a good place to end. Um, If we just, what what I've found for myself is healing comes when we let go of the blame. And for me, it was, I I needed to take 100% responsibility for what I had. Um, I'd been given it, and now what was I going to do with it? And I had to choose to do something about it and choose to look at the look at all of it as a gift, really. The the things that were challenging and the things that were strengths, um, they're all, they're all gifts and all can lead to healing. I, I couldn't agree more with that. <laughs> and I feel like that goes into my other question I wanted to ask you with like, 
encouragement that you can give mm-hmm. somebody who's struggling because I let's just face it this year has just been <laughs> crap for everybody I don't think anybody it's a dumpster fire you guys it's a dumpster <laughs> it is. fire I like to say a train wreck if a train wreck and a dumpster fire had a baby it would be 2020 and I think you yep. would agree with me on that one mm-hmm. for real <laughs> so yeah. oh my gosh it's just been a lot of crap and a lot of just more crap. And we touched yep. on this, like you were saying before we recorded of just being like, man, like there are some people who are really struggling with this and it, it is just awful. But I guess with that, what would you encourage somebody who is either just struggling with the, whether it's the pandemic or family trauma or just in general, like what words could you give to them if they were listening? Mm. What I would say is, there, there are a couple things that come to mind. And the first is to, to really just be kind to yourself, <laughs> to, to look at, at life and give yourself permission to just embrace the suck sometimes, you know, like there are days when it just, life just sucks and things, things happen that you didn't want to have happen, but they did. Um, in any to embrace the suck, feel the feels. Like I think that's one of my number one things um, that I would advocate for and counsel to anyone is to actually feel your feelings um, and process through them with the intention of like letting them go, not just like feel them so you feel worse. Like to feel the anger so that you have more anger, but to feel the anger with the intention of letting it go and and choosing to believe that there is there is peace and there's something on the other side. Like it's, it's so human to have emotions. We have a body. Our body is a conduit of emotions. That's what it's there for to help us feel. Um, and so many people I know, so many like my clients with whom I work, they, the depression, anxiety and other things are exacerbated because they, sh- they have, grown up in a situation where feelings were discouraged and actually punished. And so it's not natural for them to feel their feelings. And so one of the things I do is help them create a safe space to feel those feelings and work through the beliefs about being punished and all of that. Um, but feeling our feelings, like then they go, then they don't have to stay. And then we can have a clear head about, okay, well, this sucks. And now what am I going to do about it? And, and what I, what I'm going to do about it doesn't have to be, I'm going to go conquer the world. It could be, I'm going to get out of bed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm going to go, um, I'm, I'm going to go for a walk around my driveway. Like that's my, that's what I'm going to do. Um, that giving ourselves permission to be human is really important to feel feelings and to do our best. Um, one of the things that I, I share with my clients is this concept of getting on the chart. And it's a lot of times we, we look at something as either we do it or we don't. It's, it's pass or fail. It's a, it's like a light switch it's on or it's off. So if I'm going to, if I've committed that I need to, you know, I'm going to run a mile every day, and then I wake up and I, I have COVID or I have, you know, like something's happening and I feel bad. Then there's a tendency for us to say, oh, well, I, I'm not going to be able to do that today. So I'm 
I'm off, which means I'm 0%, which means I fail, which means like all these things, this means, this means, this means, which is then a spiral into shame and darkness. And that's a bad place. <clears throat> so instead we could look at something as a dimmer switch, which is like zero to a hundred. And if we can just like get on the chart is what I call it. <laughs> like 5%, like maybe, maybe your best, your 100% for one day is you put on your running shoes and you walk to the, the mailbox and back that's on the chart. Like that's awesome. Like congratulate yourself and like praise yourself. Like you did it. You got on the chart and, and then the next day you can, you can do whatever makes sense. Your 100% is going to look different every day and allowing ourselves the grace to be human and to just get on the chart is I think would be really helpful for people, especially after a year like we've had where everything is up in the air. Like it would, if I were looking, if I was um, looking back at 2020 um, with a critical eye, I could, I could tell you 15 things right now of goals that I set at the beginning of the year for my business, for my life that never got achieved, <laughs> not even like remotely, even close to it. And I could be upset about that. I could be in shame about that. I could tell you what that means about who I am. Um, but I, I've just let them go because there are things out of my control. And I got on the chart with as much as I could with all of them. And I'll just keep moving forward with whatever whatever I can do every day. I like that. And I hope whoever is listening who needs to hear that listens good. Listen here, people, because everybody needs an Adele in their life to sit them down and be like, sit down, be humble and listen. <laughs> but I, I totally agree with you in all of that sense, because I feel like we live in a world right now where social media doesn't help with this at all, where yeah. there's kind of a facade and it's this kind of within social media, this kind of culture of only showing the highlight reel of your life uh. and and then also the other opposite effect, too, where it's, like, always doom and gloom or whatever. And I feel like it's kind yeah. of changed us as humans of figuring out, like, what's genuine, what's not. And I that's why whenever I am on social media, I really do try to follow those authentic people who are just like, this is me and the day in the life of whoever. And it's poopy. But I do enjoy those people who... um. I guess you can say who are a lot like me where they're like, this is my life and it's crap, but, um, <laughs> here's it slathered in sarcasm and humor so I can get through it. You know, yep. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Oh my exactly. God. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cause with social media, we are, we're, we are seeing so many people's highlight reel. And then we look at our lives and compare and we're like, Oh, well I suck. I suck worse than I thought. Dang it. I thought I was doing so good, mm -hmm. but now I'm like, Oh, I don't have that. Or, Oh, I, I'm supposed to be this, or I'm supposed to be that, but that's, it's not, it's not true. And it's not helpful for us to look at it that way, but we do like I do oh, yeah. all the time. But, yep. um, I, my, my commitment to myself and to other people in my life is, um, being 100% responsible for who I am, my thoughts, my feelings, my actions, 
um, being humble and honest. And I'm going to, with honesty, the transparency, which I love so much about your podcast page is (laughs) the transparency is seriously is you're just being honest. Like today sucks guys. And, and here's what I did and it seemed to work and maybe you can benefit from that, but like being real, being authentic and, and honest about who we are. Those are the people that I, I want to learn from. Those are the people that I would invite over to my house or call up at 4am, you know, if I were friends with them and be like, okay, this sucks. Or like, I'm having a panic attack or I'm, you know, whatever is happening. I need help. Um, I want someone who is real, who's, who takes responsibility for their own stuff and, and just shows up authentically. That's the kind of person I, I want to be. And that's a, a, that I, tr- I commit myself to be. So again, I'm a work in progress too. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, like I get on the chart every day yes. <laughs> about that. I like that. Um, I'm going to steal it. Okay. <laughs> go, go for it on the chart. Get on the but, chart. You know, like it's, it's those kind of people. And, and I have to be very careful. Another thing, um, that I, another principle that I live by is this question I'm constantly asking myself is who am I listening to? Um, which sounds like such a weird question, but when I'm looking at social media, for example, and I'm, I'm seeing somebody's perfect life and I start to compare myself to that and like see my flaws and all of that, I can stop and just ask that question. Who am I listening to right now? I can find out that the truth is I'm listening to a source that is going to lead me away from goodness and truth. Some, a source that lies to me and I don't want to listen to that truth. I don't want to listen to that source. So I can choose in that moment, knowing who I'm listening to, if I'm not listening to somebody that's going to lead me to what I want, then I can stop listening to them. That's my choice. And I could choose to seek out the voice. I would call it the Holy Spirit. We can be religious, but like listen to God. Um, and God will never tell me that I failed. God will, in a, in a condemning way, he'll never say you suck because you're not like so-and-so. He'll never say those things. He will correct, but he will, he will do so in a way that I feel hope and I feel like things are possible and I, I feel loved anytime I'm not feeling loved or hope then I know I'm listening to darkness and that's going to lead me to things I don't want. I like that. And I think we find people, <clears throat> excuse me, like that in our lives where yeah. they're kind of, kind of like a Christ-like slash mm-hmm. kind of God figure where they do correct and they do encourage and they do tell you what, you need to hear not what you want to hear but they come from a very loving and like tactful way because those people who just want to sit there and criticize we know that it's like okay like i understand but it's it's the way it's presented is how you know you take it and um i really like that i really like all of it. Oh, Adele. <laughs> I love all the stuff you have to share. It's so meaty. <laughs> I yeah. Love it. well, and, I, and I've been listening to your podcasts and, and thinking about 
in anticipation of having this conversation with you of, um, I mean, the premise of your podcast is, um, an experienced at life and, <laughs> yep. and, and, you know, and I, I love that because we all are, like, right? <laughs> we can all relate to that. But I, I was thinking, well, what would I, what would I say to someone who was inexperienced at life? And I, I think that it's, it can actually be a good thing being inexperienced because you don't have to unlearn things. You're, you're learning as you go. And if you choose to, you know, who you're listening to choose, um, choose to be responsible for what's happening in your life, the, the, your feelings and all that, um, being an experience can be a really big blessing because then you have a greater opportunity, a greater capacity to learn truth and learn things in the right way. Um, learn things in the best way. And you don't have to unlearn a lot of crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be frank. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. And I really do think I just named my podcast this because yeah, in the end we're all inexperienced. And I yeah. think that it's, it's a podcast where anybody can come and listen or be on the podcast and just share their two cents because yeah. I learn a lot from other people and their perspectives. And I'm like, well, I want other people to know that, know that as well. And if they learn mm -hmm. better from other people's perspective in life. And even when I get on there and like, like we were talking about before we were recording, it's <laughs> the podcast, I guess is more or less for me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you mentioned, it was very cathartic and it is for me yeah. because it's, it's, it's almost like I'm talking to myself of if I had to split myself in two and then there's page who's going through the situation and there's podcast page but I think that's the the cool thing about that is that everybody I think has that in their life and so when they listen to a podcast and they're like oh yeah I can totally relate and uh -huh. um with humor and then also it's not always doom and gloom but it's also not this like um like kind of toxic positivity that can be thrown around right. a lot that um I feel like is very common now too um but it's just real like you said it's just yeah. real and people can relate and people can enjoy and yeah so oh love it yeah <laughs> you're doing a great work well, well <laughs> thank you thank you Appreciate at least it. for yourself like, right so it's all about me guys <laughs> it's all about me yeah <laughs> Yeah, but have you ever had an experience page where you, uh, I, I saw this on Facebook, um, where years ago, this experience where I posted something, some great advice or something, I don't even remember. But then like years later, I was having like a challenging day. And then uh, one of those, you know, memory time hop things came up like from Facebook saying, do you remember this? And like, I clicked on it. And I was like, I don't remember this. And it was like, this great advice. And I was like, way to go me for way to go years ago me for preparing this so today me can have it yes. like good job yes <laughs> I have had those and then I also have had that like um I really enjoy journaling mm -hmm. and I'll look back at some journal entries and I'm like, man, she knew what she was talking about. Like, yep. good for her. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Yep. And it's also just a good reminder that, um, like you said, have grace with yourself and yep. really just be your own cheerleader in that sense of knowing that you, you know yourself and that, you know, things will get better with life. But then also too, like we learn a lot from the good and the bad. And I think uh -huh. we just need to take it and 
strides and one day at a time and it is what it is and (laughs) yeah yeah and for anyone that just came to mind uh, to share is that for anyone who besides me and Paige listening to this who may (laughs) who may be in a place um like really depressed who's thinking well that's you know that's great but I don't know how I could ever do that like I can't trust myself or I I just really suck like it really is just taking it's again the the dimmer switch getting on the chart like doing something that today you can feel like you can feel good about for yourself like not for anyone else but just for yourself um I had a mentor one time share a story about how his life was full of chaos. They were behind in bills. Like their house is going to be foreclosed out, like just a lot of pressure and stress. And he wasn't able to figure out things very quickly. And he didn't like himself and all this. And one day he, he just in the middle of all this chaos, he just decided, okay, well, I can't take care of anything that's going on right now. But what I can do is I can go create order in my silverware drawer. So he spent time and he, arranged the spoon so they're all aligned and the forks and the knives and like everything looked in order and he stood back and just took it all in like I did that I created that order right there and it was such a little thing like so you know you know how it goes when you shut the silverware drawer it's all gonna like wobble and and get spilled over and not stay aligned for very long but he he stood there and he took it in and he said he said to himself I did that I created that order and he shut the the silverware drawer and then he felt a little more confident in himself to go do something else little like he didn't go take over the world he didn't like solve all these problems immediately he just did one more thing and then one more thing and then one more thing and it's the consistent one more things that get actually get us to a place where we have um the peace and we have the capacity to do the things that we want to do yes and i can wholeheartedly agree with that because i've been in a point in my life where like you mentioned before where you just feel like you're just stuck and you can't do anything and it's yeah it's seriously the little like i was we were talking about before like baby steps and even micro baby steps of just okay just do this do that and for some reason I feel like that resonates with a lot more people during this year than it does any year because Uh I don't know about you but I it's been very interesting for me this year because I have I've gone through personal stuff where it's just crap after crap after crap (laughs) one thing after another but it's been very interesting for me this is just personal of how like for everybody it's been one thing after another and i'm like this is very almost a very interesting social experiment to watch at the same time Mm -hmm. because i'm like holy cow this is this is a lot for everybody and on top of everything going on and then it's just personal crap i'm like man this is we're in the thick of the refiner's fire right here people (laughs) this is hot (laughs) so oh man but 
I, Adele, I appreciate your words so much. So, so much. And I'm so glad you were able to be on the podcast. I know you're a busy lady and (laughs) you're just moving and grooving and changing the world with your awesome (laughs) attitude and your cool, unique just life and oh that's awesome is there anything else that you felt like our listeners needed to hear or what you would wanted to share or speak about before we sign off um yeah just the i i believe that everyone has a capacity to do good in the world and everyone everyone has their own unique experiences and challenges but we're also not that different from each other and I think if I could just leave one last thing with people it's just to to remember that we actually have more in common than we we have differences and that we we're all inexperienced at life or at anything we all we all don't know what we're doing we don't we don't some of us pretend better than others but we really all don't know what we're doing and to be um to be open to reaching out to someone to share maybe like maybe you know two things that they don't that to share but also to be open to to reaching out for someone to help you which I know you even did a podcast on this very topic but um like just being open to to getting that help because we all this sounds so cliche and it is y'all it's so cliche and it's totally high school musical but but we are all, all in this together like I think that's what the what I found with clients and with my in my own life and with people um my friends and family that we all think that we're so we're, we're alone and we're not and, and depression or COVID things, um, challenges can divide us from each other. If we're not vigilant, if we're not willing to be open to reaching out to one another, um, we do need those connections. We need connections to our family. We need connections to our friends, our community, um, because we need that support. Um, none of us are superhumans. We, we really need each other and looking at each other with eyes of compassion and understanding and even looking at ourselves with those same eyes is going to help us to, to keep moving forward, to keep doing those things. Um, and for us to have the support that we need, um, it does, does help to ask and, and, to be willing to receive that hope. So. I like that. And no worries. I have a ton of cliches on my little podcast. <laughs> so you're in good company. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yep. Well, I, again, I'm so glad Adele that you were able to be on the podcast and we can sit and chat and catch up and talk about stuff that like just about you and what we can learn from you and, Oh, I love it. Like I could do part one, part two, part three with you if I wanted, but (laughs) you might have to be on the show again. Who knows? Okay. Well, I'm open to that. Oh, good. (laughs) Well, with that, um, we thanks guys for listening and we will catch you later.